be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Hearing that John had been arrested, Jesus went back to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and settled in Capernaum, a lakeside town on the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali. In this way, the prophecy of Isaiah was to be filled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, way of the sea on the far side of Jordan, Galilee of the nations, the people that lived in darkness has seen a great light, and those who dwell in the land and shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that moment, Jesus began his preaching with the message, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were making a cast in the lake with their net, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Going on from there, he saw another pair of brothers, James, son of Deb Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in their boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. At once, leaving the boat and their father, they followed him. He went round the whole of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing all kinds of diseases and sicknesses among the people. This is the Gospel of the Lord. So we went enter into this new set of teachings today on the four cardinal virtues. What's the motive? It's quite simple, really. This is the overarching point. If we do not prepare the natural terrain, God will not enrich us supernaturally. If we do not have the principal natural virtues, God will not give us supernatural virtues or not enrich us in the supernatural virtues, which, as we studied last year, faith, hope, and charity. Problem is, if we're without the supernatural virtues, we're without salvation. So it's very important to prepare the terrain. This is the purpose of these next five weeks of homilies. Today is an introduction to the topic in which we will look a little bit at the human being, the different parts of the human being, particularly focusing on the passions, because as we'll see in the weeks ahead, the passions either are controlled by us or they control us. They're controlled by us if we have virtues. Virtues are what direct the passions. So basically what I'm doing today is I want to set the background to show where and why we need the virtues. So today is just an introduction. First though, division of the human being. What are we made up of? All men and women, as we know, are body and soul, are flesh and spirit. We're part animal and part angel. We have a higher part and a lower part. The higher part, intelligence, by which we, unlike animals, 
know the difference between right and wrong, good and evil. But we also have a will in the higher part by which we can choose one or the other, good or bad. Higher part of the human being. But there's also a lower part where we have elements like the imagination, feelings, emotions, the senses. Even the children know the senses. Isabel, sight, sound, taste, touch. What's that one? Smell. That's smell. The intelligence we tell the difference between right and wrong, but the senses are a lot simpler. Taste, we know the difference between sweet and sour. Sight, beauty and ugliness. Quite simple. But these, the senses, the emotions, the feelings, and particularly the passions, can greatly influence the higher part of the human being. They can manipulate the human being. Passions. They do us great good if they're guided by the intelligence, but can do us great bad and guide us all over the place if they're guided by the animal part, the lower part. Example. Saturday night in Glasgow. Saturday night in Glasgow. A lot of lads are passionate about football, right? I'm passionate about football. I love football. But not to the point where I let the animal take over. Fellas go out on a Saturday night and they beat the brains out of each other. Some guys end up in the hospital. Some guys end up in prison. And in the past, some guys have ended up in the grave. Why? Because the passion, the animal takes over. And this is the same with all the passions. Passions can have a greater or lesser control over us depending on the place, the person, or the object that makes the passion flare up. Example, I'm going to walk into that kitchen this evening. I'm going to walk by the kitchen this evening, and my passion is going to flare up because I'm going to get to smell that lovely, succulent Sunday steak. But my passion isn't going to flare up at all on a Monday or Tuesday when he's cooking in there that boring, white, boiled rice. It's different. It depends on the object that makes it flare up. You see, passions can either move us or use us or be used by us. We can use them for great actions if we know how to control them. On the football pitch, a great player can go from hero to zero in an instant if he can't control his passion. This is what's called playing with your heart on your sleeve or getting a red card if you lose control yourself, like a lot of them little babies do out there on the football pitches. How do we control and dominate these passions and even our feelings and emotions and all these things? Knowing who they are and what they are. Who are the passions? They're kind of... Jekyll and Hyde characters, because each passion has a flip side. Love, what's the flip side to that? Hate. Joy, sadness. Desire for that succulent steak, but also aversion for the Brussels sprouts on the plate. Right? Daring or fear. Look at the importance of this. Knowing and controlling the passions, the emotions, the feelings could be the difference in a war situation 
between being a daring hero or a fearful coward. The coward didn't control himself. He didn't have dominion over his passion. So he couldn't fire himself up with courage and daring to be a hero. That's who they are. What are they? Simple. They are movements of the inferior lower appetite towards a place, person, or object. Simple terms, they're like little puppies, little doggy. Someone might have got a puppy for Christmas. What happens? They run wild in the house, do whatever they want. They eat our clothes, they eat our shoes, they eat whatever. You try and grab the shoe back off the puppy and he growls or he barks. That's all right, he's a puppy. But we don't let that go on forever, we train him. Otherwise, the bark will turn into a bite. Human beings are like puppies. Their passions are like puppies. The problem is, some people give more care to their dogs than to their children. No? And kids and human beings grow up and their passions are all over the place. So then we have problems, addictions, broken homes, broken families, broken everything. Because people can't control their passions. Friends, this is fundamental for eternal life. Because if we lose control of our passions, we lose control of ourselves, at least on some occasions. And then, what gets control of us? Vice and sin. And that closes the door to eternal life. So this is why I'm talking about this today. What to do? Final point. Plenty of teachers here today. Teachers will tell us. Education. Educate ourselves. Awareness. Cultivation, orientation, change. Education. Awareness of who I am. What's my temperament? What's my character? My strengths, my weaknesses. Wonderful. I know myself. Now what am I going to do about it? Cultivate a strong will. A will to make my weaknesses diminish and my strengths increase. Orientation. Orientation of my loves, my desires, my passions towards objects, things, places, persons that are high, noble, good. The kids might tell me in the schoolyard, I love Cristiano Ronaldo. I love Kim Kardashian. Come on. Put the love towards a higher object. Okay? Reality TV stars don't love us. Love family, friends, God, something higher. Higher. Think big. Finally, though, all this amounts to being willing to change. This is not easy in a world which has imposed many changes on us, radical changes in the last 30 years. My mother tells me it's like another planet. Changes in the way we think, in what we watch, in our values, changes in the laws. Changes often imposed on people. It's hard to change the world, but we make a very good start if we simply start to change ourselves. But change requires effort. Effort requires strength. And strength comes from virtue. And virtue comes from God. Comes from God 
if he sees that we are making the effort to obtain the virtues. This is very simple. God doesn't enrich us with supernatural virtue. He doesn't give us things that are super. He doesn't give us supernatural virtue unless he sees that we are doing everything in our way with our natural things to be super. To do the ordinary things in an extraordinary manner. And here's the science behind it. And I'm finishing up here. God does not temper supernatural things with natural things that aren't making the effort to get up there. He doesn't mix up his divine grace with lazy mediocrity. He wants us to at least be making the effort. Sure, what's the point in God being generous with his graces if the man isn't even trying to obtain those graces? Look, today is the first of five efforts to teach about the cardinal virtues. Because I believe the better we know them, the more we love them. The more we love them, the easier it will be to practice them. And if we practice the cardinal virtues, not only will we enrich ourselves, but we will draw God to enrich us with himself. So I'm asking everybody, to everybody who's able and willing, to go home this week. Open up Google. Open up the dictionary. Learn a little, little bit about the cardinal virtues. Fortitude, justice, temperance, prudence. So that in the weeks ahead when I teach, I'll only be telling you what you already know. In the weeks ahead when I teach, I will only be completing what you already know. But this is the main point. In the weeks ahead when I teach, it won't only be me, but it will be we. All of us who will attract God's graces and blessings for our mutual efforts. So, in this difficult undertaking, let's entrust ourselves to our Blessed Lady, Mary, Queen of Virtue, as we pray together. Holy Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners,